If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. By the way, Alberta Health Services uh, now reporting uh, over 8,000, uh, 8,500. Uh, in fact, uh, vaccine appointments have now been booked. So today is the day, of course, it opens up to those born in 1946 or earlier. Been some issues with the website and the phone number earlier today, but uh, people are still getting through. So now over 8,500 appointments booked. And uh, we also just got a, a notice at 2.30 this afternoon. Health Minister Tyler Shandro is going to be providing an update on the vaccine rollout. And uh, part of that that uh, press conference will be the uh, CEO of the Alberta Pharmacists Association. So she'll be on hand for the announcement. So it sounds as though we, we've heard them talk about it before, maybe getting pharmacies more involved in, in the vaccine rollout, which makes sense. So we'll learn a little bit more this afternoon. All right. Yesterday, we had uh, the the first official meeting uh, with the new U.S. president and another world leader, uh, Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime minister, had a a virtual meeting, uh, I suppose, under normal circumstances. It probably would have been in person. Uh, So I guess it's encouraging that uh, the new U.S. president wants to talk to, wants to meet with Canada's prime minister, seems to uh, value the relationship between the two countries. But what does that actually mean in practice? You know, certainly under the previous president, we had uh, the reopening of NAFTA. We had uh, tariffs imposed and, and other trade irritants and, you know, issues certainly between the relationship. How much have things changed, though? You know, certainly when it comes to things like Buy American, there's still very much a protectionist streak that exists in in the White House. So where can Canada make some headway? What are our priorities? What are their priorities? Uh, So joining us to talk a bit more about the uh, meeting yesterday and uh, this relationship going forward. Very pleased to welcome the program here this morning, uh, Dr. Donald uh, Abelson who's director of the Brian Mulroney Institute of Government, Stephen K. Hudson Chair in Canada-U.S. Relations, and a professor in the Department of Political Science, St. Francis Xavier University. Uh, Professor Abelson, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Rob. Great to be with you. Okay, so I guess, you know, there's some significance in in the U.S. president advertising the fact that Canada is an important ally, one of the first people he turns to to, uh, you know, have this kind of a, a meeting with. But beyond that, what stood out as significant to you about this yesterday? Well, I think there was a recognition on on the part of both leaders, Prime Minister Trudeau and and President Biden, that it was necessary to, you know, hit the reset button on the Canada-U.S. relationship. And as you pointed out in your introductory remarks, there have been some tumultuous times over the past four years. There have been a number of irritants uh, between uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and former President Donald Trump. And I think both leaders now recognize the importance of moving forward. They recognize how critical it is to get the pandemic under control so that they can reopen the Canada-U.S. border. Uh, They understand how important it is to ignite economic recovery and to deal with climate change and a host of other issues that they laid out in their more than two-hour discussion yesterday. But what's important, I think, really is to focus on two things. 
uh, first, that they have the political will uh, to move forward. And, and you don't always see that between two leaders, but given the nature of this very important relationship, it, it is absolutely necessary. And, and secondly, that what Joe Biden brings to the table is a certain amount of certainty. Uh, leaders hate uncertainty. They, they want to make sure they know who they're dealing with. They want predictability. With Donald Trump, it was predictably unpredictable. With Joe Biden, we know that Justin Trudeau might not always be able to get his, own, uh, get his way. We've seen that happen in the last couple of weeks. Um, but clearly, they'll be able to engage in, in a very diplomatic, cordial, and civil discussion around many policy issues. So I think those two facts are, are very important as we look to the future of the Candius relationship. Well, and, and we hope for better. I mean, you know, right out of the gate, we had the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, right. which didn't feel like, you know, things were going in the right direction. Obviously, uh, you know, Joe Biden and his, his party have uh, certain views on, on that project, but it was an inauspicious start, I suppose, to this new relationship. Where do you see us able to make some headway then? Well, I think we're, we're certainly going to be able to make some headway uh, on, on the trade front. I think there'll be a recognition on the part of the Biden administration that Canada uh, should not be excluded uh, from the Buy American initiative, uh, that there should be a procurement policy in place that will at least allow us in the door. I think there's an opportunity to make some headway. Certainly, I think we'll be able to make some headway uh, in terms of climate change, our support for the Paris Climate Accord, we know that on the first day, uh, Joe Biden signed an executive order uh, to get the United States back back on board with respect to climate change. I do think there are opportunities in the energy sector. Uh, you're absolutely right. It was a great disappointment uh, that Joe Biden uh, decided to cancel uh, Keystone XL and, and not authorize a permit. I don't think we should have been entirely surprised by that, mm -hmm. uh, in large part because he was with uh, Barack Obama for eight years as his vice president. And that administration was not prepared to move forward. And, of course, as, as you, you point out, uh, Joe Biden has been pulled in a particular direction by the progressive wing of his own party. But I think there is opportunity uh, to increase energy capacity with the United States. Over 40 percent of all of their oil, oil is already imported uh, from Canada. I think there's additional capacity that they can take advantage of. And I think in terms of dealing with multilateral institutions, NORAD, NATO, the United Nations, I think we're going to see a president who is far more willing to embrace those institutions and to align more with you know, some of the values that, that Canada has embraced uh, over several decades. So I think there's a lot of room. And, of course, what came up yesterday during the discussion was uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's um, request to Joe Biden that he put pressure on China to release the two Michaels who have now been held uh, for over 800 days. So I think there are a lot of different avenues that Canada can explore, uh, both with the Biden administration and also, of course, working with our own departments and agencies and how they try to navigate their way uh, through the Washington policymaking community. Yeah, certainly the situation with China and the two Michaels in particular. I think that would be a big one if, you know, we're to get some, some meaningful U.S. support behind the effort to, to get those two released. That, that would be something. I, I do wonder, and it gets back to, to kind of the issue of protectionism, but also as it applies right. to the pandemic. There's a, a real effort to, to get that 
border reopen. It's going to stay closed through March. Yeah. Uh, that depends on the pandemic improving in both countries. Vaccines would go a long way. There is still that executive order that remains in effect, signed by the previous president, uh, that vaccines manufactured in the U.S. cannot go outside of the United States. Canada cannot purchase from the Pfizer plant in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which right. is not far from the Canadian border. Do you think that's a, an area where maybe as, as an argument for, you know, the concerted Canada-U.S. approach to, to get things under control, get the border reopened, that we could get I, I, some movement on that? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's certainly on the table. It was an issue that was discussed yesterday. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Joe, Joe Biden's primary responsibility is to safeguard the, the well-being of uh, Americans and not Canadians. But having said that, I think there's an opportunity uh, for discussion. Of course, there are no guarantees but I think, you know, at the core of this relationship, you'll now have two leaders who fundamentally will get along, who respect each other, who can set a more positive tone for the relationship. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, both countries want to see the border reopen, but only under conditions where the safety of Americans and Canadians can be uh, guaranteed or at least uh, protected as much as possible. So we want to see that. The Americans want to see that. There are a number of American states that rely very heavily on Canadian tourism, and we rely on, on you know, millions of Americans crossing the border every year into Canada. So will Joe Biden be willing to, to revoke that executive order, amend it, do something for Canada? I think there's a possibility, but you know, remember the promise he made very early on that you know, 100 million Americans would be vaccinated right. within the first 100 days. So he has his priorities, but if he has an opportunity... I think to to you know cut Canada into the equation, I, I think there'd be a politic, political willingness to do that, uh, so long as it doesn't cost him too much politically at home. That's something we'll have to wait and see unfold. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, all presidents, all prime ministers have their domestic issues, their domestic right. priorities, domestic politics they got to deal with. You know, we think of Mulroney and Reagan as sort of setting the bar for a real tight relationship between a president and a prime minister and, you know, how that can manifest itself in, in policy or in compromise. Right. You know, how important is it, that, that working relationship in, in the grand scheme of things? It's incredibly important, and, and you're right to point out the relationship between Prime Minister Mulroney and President Reagan and, of course, uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush. And it's not as if you know, they always agreed on every conceivable policy issue. Prime Minister Mulroney took a very strong stance against the Strategic Defense Initiative that was really right. one of the pillars of the Reagan administration. He disagreed uh, with Ronald Reagan's attempt to kind of you know, pull back from the possibility of negoti negotiating an acid rain agreement. That didn't occur until his successor, President Bush, came into office. But what that does, by having a strong personal bond, by having a strong professional relationship, it gives Canada an opportunity to deal with uh, not only the most powerful person in, in the free world, but it, it gives us unparalleled access uh, to the world community. It gives us a certain cachet that we, we can't afford to compromise. It doesn't mean that we have to abide by or align ourselves with every American policy objective and priority. But having that close relationship, having the ability for a prime minister to call the White House and to be able to get through to the president and to have a, you know, a civil diplomatic discussion is extremely important. So that working relationship is critical, something that we didn't really see over the past four years, in large part 
because there were a number of occasions when uh, President Trump decided to engage in ad hominem attacks against our Prime Minister uh, instead of sitting down and, and, and dealing with issues rationally and, and thoughtfully. With Joe Biden, you're going to have someone, or at least the Prime Minister is going to have someone, who he can you know, put all the cards on the table, see what progress can be made. And Biden's initial instinct really is to try and find common ground. It's to negotiate. That was not the approach that Donald Trump embraced. So I am hopeful that despite policy differences that will in, invariably occur over the next few years, that the two leaders will be able to manage this relationship in a very special and meaningful way. Well, we shall see. Uh, Professor Abelson, appreciate your insight on all this. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. It's my pleasure. You take care. All right, you as well. Donald Abelson is professor in the Department of Political Science, St. Francis Xavier University, Stephen K. Hudson Chair in Canada-U.S. Relations and Director of the Brian Mulroney Institute of Government. So, look, I don't know that anything earth-shattering came out of that meeting yesterday. Ultimately, the question for Justin Trudeau is, what did you achieve? What, what did you get, right? What compromise did you get? What kind of a breakthrough did we get on, on any issues of importance? So I, I didn't see that. And yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. On climate change, the two are very much aligned on the same page, great. What does that mean? In, in practice, it doesn't really mean much because we already knew that this prime minister, his government, that that was a priority for them. That doesn't change. Their policies aren't changing. If the Americans are going to be more in, in alignment with that approach, then okay, but that doesn't affect us here. So to me, I look at the, you know, the three. To me, the big three are Keystone, Buy American, and Vaccines. Did you get any movement on Keystone XL? Probably not. Okay. Strike one. Buy American, are we getting any kind of compromise there? Possibly. Possibly. So maybe not a strike there. And what about on Vaccines. You know, look, we backed ourselves into a situation where we almost need to be bailed out a little bit on the vaccine front. The U.S. is going to be in a pretty enviable position fairly soon, especially now that they're on the verge of approving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It would be uh, rather charitable, I suppose, for Joe Biden to, to toss a few our way. And, you know, look, maybe he cares about Justin Trudeau's political fortunes. If he sees Justin Trudeau as somebody he can work with on certain issues then maybe he, he throws him a bone, does him a favor on, on some of these issues. So we'll see. And if at the end of the day, they're, they're just buddies and nothing really changes, well, ultimately, I don't think Canadians are going to care all that much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.